0: I'm sitting here and uh, just overwhelmed because I feel as if the spirit is just descending right in my studio. And I want you guys to know something. This lion that we're about to talk about is your lion. Because the odds are when you're facing this year, a lot of us feel like we need some sort of protection. We feel like we need somebody. Is there somebody to fight for me? And for what I'm doing, is there something, is there someone that is willing to go out to fight the enemy on my behalf? Because right now I'm staring at an unknown and I just need to know that there is something greater than me that is willing to fight for me. Some of you guys need protection. Some of you guys have something that you're staring at that you need something intimidating to stare at it right back so it will back down.
1: It's time now for the Autumn Miles Show.
0: so excited about today I hope you guys are having a great day I hope you guys are ready to have a Bible sandwich you guys I have I don't even know how I'm gonna get through the message today it's I have tried to talk to people about it all day long and I just start crying because it is a word. It is a word. We are kicking off today our series on lion and lamb. Lion and lamb. Today, I am going to talk all about the lion of the tribe of Judah. And when I tell you, you are going to want to stay tuned after the break, you're gonna wanna stay tuned. Like, you know, don't run in CVS to get some, you know, toilet paper. Buckle up. Cause this is the word I believe that God wants to encourage you with this year. Who needs a lion out there? How many of you guys need a lion? I feel, I was just telling my husband, like literally I'm sitting on the rug in my house. And sometimes I just sit there with the dog, which is funny. And he walked in and I just said, the world needs a lion right now. The world needs it. And so y'all are not, I'm, I'm like already going into preacher mode. Uh, it's going to be good. We are going to focus on the lion, not yourself. Uh, it's going to be good, guys. Um, anyway, what's God doing in my life? Well, let me tell you something. I was introduced to something that's radically changed my life. Would you like to know what it is? It's called the school bus. <laughs> oh, radically changed my life, guys. Radically. And what I mean radically, I'm like, there's like salvation, Jesus, children, and the school bus. It radically changed my no, I'm just kidding. But but not really. Like this week I'm living a new world because of it. Here's the thing. Do you know how many times I have driven? my car to school. I have probably put 50,000 miles on my vehicles over the tenure of my children being in school, which at this point is 12 years. All four of them to school, back, to school, back. I mean, listen, I am not like a new mom. I mean, I've got one about graduating from high school, so I'm, I'm definitely not new to this game. But before Christmas, at the Christmas parties, do you know how you have them and you go and there's like the sugar cookies and the kids cram the cookies in their mouth and then you sign your kid out and you leave (laughs) like they're literally 7.5 seconds. One of the moms there was talking about their child riding the school bus home from school and I'm like, wait, the school bus. Yes, the school bus. I never rode the school bus growing up because we lived too far away from the school. So my parents had to drive me. Um, And then I got my license and obviously I drove um, myself. But so I'm listening to her tale of the school bus. And she was like, they go out at 725 and they stand there and the bus picks them up. And I just I can come back home in and do what i need to do and then they get home at three whatever and i'm like tell me more i'm leaned in i'm like what in the world why have i not been doing this anyways i decided at that point when january comes moses and haven they're gonna run the school bus I I brought them home and I'm like, guys, what do you think about the school bus? And they're like, um, we love the bus, mom. I've wanted to ride the bus for years. And I'm like, really? You've been in school for three years. Like not even three years, like chill, you know? Well, mom, we've just wanted to ride forever and you'll never, you, you haven't let us ride it yet. And I'm like, actually, I haven't even thought about it. Do you guys want to try it? And of course they're like, yes, they want to try it guys. Monday was their first day riding the school bus. They had to get up an hour earlier, which, you know, for some reason, an hour earlier on school bus day did not bother them at all. Like, usually I have to peel Haven from her sheets and, you know, pray, oh, Jesus, please help this child get dressed so we can take her to school. No, not on school bus day. Are you kidding me? She was, like, dressing me on school bus day. It was unbelievable. Anyway, the children went to school. It was kind of sad, actually, because I'm like, they're, they're old enough to ride the school bus. And um, they came home, and they did not walk off the school bus. They ran screaming at me out the school bus and one of the little kids on the school bus already told Haven that he has a crush on her. And so that's a whole nother monologue probably for next week. We'll see how that goes guys. Uh, stay tuned (laughs) tuned, because she was not feeling it. And I don't know. I don't want to be on that side of Haven's wrath. (laughs) Anyway, school bus changed my life. I mean, I was out, I had a work thing yesterday and I was out and I thought, you know what? The school bus will get him home. I got a little bit more time. It was amazing. Anyway, praise God for the school bus. Praise God for the school bus drivers. Praise God for the two extra hours that I have a day. Just praise God all around, you guys. It's a good day. So anyway, that's what's happening in my life. Do not go anywhere, you guys. Don't go anywhere. Man, this message is just going to be good. Love y'all. I'll see you in a sec
2: let's go strength to peace a warrior for man god is my god he lined it. lamb joy and love the great i am god is my god he lined lamb. strength and peace creator of man yeah. said one word and then it went bam loves us all more than we can understand yeah. everything's wrong now it's part of his plan
3: Looking for a passionate speaker to bring the Word of God for your next conference or church function? We've got the girl for you. Autumn Miles is the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministries with the goal of spiritually challenging the way people think. Autumn is dedicated to teaching the Bible in an engaging and relatable way so that everyone can experience the Lord in a deeper way. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. So what are you waiting for? You can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement today. Just go to autumnmiles.com. Once there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com.
2: Let's go. Strength and peace, a warrior for man. God is my God, he lined him lamb. Joy and love, the great I am. God is my God, he lined it. Strength and peace creator of man. Yeah. Said one word and then it went bam. Loves us all more than we can understand. Yeah. Everything's wrong, now it's part of his plan.
0: Okay, guys, we're back as promised. I'm like on the verge of tears already because of what I'm going to (laughs) share. Several months ago, the Lord, um, and Lord just help me. Help me share it with them, Lord, the way you gave it to me, Jesus. Help me share it with them the way you told me. Help me share it the same way. In Jesus' name, amen. A couple of months ago, this, series and that's kind of what happens with these series you guys like I knew I wanted to do something huge out of the gate in 2023 I wanted to do something that was powerful and I think you know obviously I always want to do something that's powerful and I always want to do something that's insightful Um, And so I don't come up with these. The Lord gives them to me and then we obey what he says. I obey whatever he tells me. That's what I'm going to do. Okay. So a couple of months ago, I mean, this is like, I think it's in like October. The Lord just drops in my spirit, lion and lamb. And I had told the team, I mean, we're even having, we're rolling out merch next week for this. So if you want to get, you know, your stuff, I mean, you know, I don't care if you get it or not, but it's cool. Um, just because we really want to celebrate this series that is based on a word that God has given me, but I'm praying through Lord, what's next last year. I started with when the new makes you nervous. And I loved that one straight out of Joshua one. It was, um, challenged me. And really, we were walking into a brand new season blind. And it was an incredible word for me. And so when God dropped in my spirit for the beginning of the year, lion, lamb, that's all he said. You know, when the spirit of God speaks to you, I believe he, he is so profound in what he says. He, he speaks the way you understand and his spirit will answer questions multiple questions at the same time. So it wasn't just lion and lamb that he was telling me. I knew he wanted me to do a series on the lion of the tribe of Judah and the lamb of God, both of them being Jesus. So I was super excited. I'm like, guys, this is going to be such a good series. So I want to, we're going to talk for two weeks about the lion of the tribe of Judah. And then we're going to talk for two weeks about the lamb of God and, um, by God's grace, it's going to be amazing. Who needs a lion? When do you look at your life right now? How many of you need a lion? When you think of the term lion, when you think of what a lion represents in the wild, do you ever want to get caught with a lion in the wild? Do you ever wanna see one? Do you ever ever wanna sit down and just pet a nice little lion? No, you do not. When you think of a lion in the wild, you think of protection. That wild lion is going to protect his territory Is going to protect any of his family of his lion cubs he is going to protect what he holds dear a natural lion does that you think of willing to fight one of the qualities when I was looking up qualities of lions one of the common ones because I went to several different uh, articles about lions that they are all if you poke a lion that lion will fight and win. When you think of a lion, they're hunters. They go after specifically what they want, specifically what they desire. When you see a lion, listen, I've seen a lion at the zoo. I don't like the zoo. I'm not a fan of the zoo. It smells weird, I get itchy, and we've seen these animals a lot, right? like, (laughs) zoo's not my thing. But Haven, I go to the zoo because I love my daughter. Haven. I don't know. She's maybe she'll be like a veterinarian or something like that. I don't really know what she's going to be, but she is obsessed with animals. I mean, the child has asked me for a cat for four years and I keep saying, ain't no, ain't no cat ever coming in our house. I love you. God bless you. No pet the neighbor's cat. So we go to the zoo and we see the lions. They're behind a cage. Why are they behind the cage? The flamingos aren't behind the cage. The little birds are behind the cage. The weird-looking ducks are behind the cage. I mean, there are animals. Pigs are behind the cage. There are lots of different animals that you can go up and you can approach and touch. But why is a lion behind the cage? Because it is willing to fight. It is dangerous, and it has no problem telling you who is boss. We went to Disney And they have this like safari that you can go on at Disney. We love it. We go on it every time, every single time. And in this safari, like it's really amazing how, I don't know all the technical zoo terms. So if you do, if you like work at a zoo, let me know. But we went to Disney and I remember the first time I went on the safari and ride. It's in the animal kingdom. You're strapped into this Jeep situation and like there's no bars or anything like you have a seat belt but that's it like i think it's meant to like pretend like you're actually on a safari but you're on a fake safari but it feels like you're on a real safari and you go through this jungle and you know the savannah and you know all this kind of stuff and it's it's actually pretty amazing because you can get really close to giraffes and stuff like that but I remember the first time I went on this ride, my, like my kids are little, Grace was four the first time that we ever went to Disney, and it was probably about that time that we went on this ride the first time, we didn't have the babies yet, but we're going, and we're, and the guy is driving this Jeep, and I'm thinking, wow, this is pretty phenomenal, like Grace and Jude are freaking out because it's so great. And we came to the place where everyone knows that the lion is because it's got the Mufasa pride rock situation going on. But I remember looking around and this lion was standing on top of this rock, but around their, what the cage or enclosure, whatever it is, there was no gates and there was no wire and there was no nothing and Uh, And, you know, Disney will do this. But to my eye at that time, it looked as if the lion could just jump over... (laughs) onto our Jeep and, you know, have us for dinner. And so I was like, wow, that, that doesn't look right. Like this is kind of freaking me out a little bit. Obviously it's not like that. There was an illusion that there was nothing there, but I got nervous. Why? Because I don't want to come near a lion that can eat me for literal dinner and my kids be an appetizer. I'm not interested in doing that. When you look at a lion, you don't think cute, cuddly, whatever. Every single animal in the jungle is afraid of a what? Of a lion. It protects. It guards. It hunts. It fights. It is the king of the jungle. I'm sitting here and uh, just overwhelmed because I feel as if The spirit is just descending right in my studio, and I want you guys to know something. This lion that we're about to talk about is your lion. This lion that I'm going to unpack for you in the best way that I know how is your lion. Because the odds are when you're facing this year, a lot of us feel like we need some sort of protection We feel like we need somebody. Is there somebody to fight for me and for what I'm doing? Is there something, is there someone that is willing to go out to fight the enemy on my behalf? Because right now I'm staring at an unknown and I just need to know that there is something greater than me that is willing to fight for me. Some of you guys need protection. Some of you guys feel alone. Some of you guys have something that you're staring at that you need something intimidating to stare at it right back so it will back down. Some of you guys need security because something has happened in your life where you just don't feel like there is anyone that is looking out for you. And the qualities that I just talked about are earthly and animal. They are the creation. They're not the creator. They are the creation. So if a creation can do everything that I just described to you, what can the lion of the tribe of Judah do for you? The lion that I'm talking about today is not some obscure lion that you're going to see at a zoo. The lion that I'm talking today is your personal lion that is ready to launch on your behalf and face whatever is making you fear. He's strong. He is territorial. He's protective. And he's yours. The Lion of the Tribe of Judah. Jesus is who we're talking about. And I'm going to start off here where it gives us this this term, the Lion of the Tribe of Judah. And of course, it's in Revelation. I mean, it's just, I mean, (laughs) the book of Revelation freaks everybody out. And in some circles, I don't really know why. It's very um, controversial, and it, it kind of annoys me whenever people start fighting over Revelation. But I want to lay out for you what this is, and I want to define it for you. I'm going to read for you out of Revelation 5. Now, John, I believe that John wrote, one of the disciples of Jesus wrote, Revelation. Now, people disagree on that, but any of you disagree with me, that's okay (laughs) because ultimately it doesn't matter. I believe that John wrote the book of Revelation. He was exiled to an island called Patmos in Asia Minor, and that's where he had a literal vision of everything that was happening in Revelation. The Lord gave him a prophetic vision, so that's what I'm going to be reading about today. Um, Don't worry about all the super intimidating stuff that goes Goes along with Revelation. Let's just focus on the facts that's right here in this scripture. I want to make this very palatable for you. And I know a lot of people are, you know, don't like Revelation. It says this, John is talking, I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Now listen, we are five chapters into Revelation. John has already seen a throne. He's already seen God. He's already really spoken to, uh, he's spoken to all the different kind of churches. There's seven types of churches. He's already done that. He's seen a lot. Okay. So I'm going to pick it up in the throne room of heaven, which is pretty phenomenal. And we, Have God sitting on the throne, and that's kind of where we're going to pick it up. The throne room of heaven, if you read Revelations, has a lot of really incredible things in it, but I don't want to complicate this any more than it is. And so I'm just going to read from you from Revelation 5 and know that that's where we're picking it up. I saw on the right hand of him, God, who sat on the throne, a book written inside. And on the back, sealed up with seven seals, okay? Just hang with me. And I saw a strong angel. Now, this is not a weak angel, okay? This is not the angel that is, you know, weak. This is a strong angel. And this strong angel is proclaiming with a loud voice. He's yelling out in the throne room of heaven, who is worthy to open the book and to break its seals? Strong angel. And no one, No one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the book or to look into it. I want to take a second here because I got really excited about this. Here we have a proclamation that goes out from this strong angel. You know, this is like the Hercules angel. This is like, you know, what? um, I don't know. I don't watch any of those shows. But this is the strongest of the strongest, the superhero angel that steps up. He sees what's happening in God's right hand. God is holding the book. It is secure. Um, And he wants to know who is worthy to open the book and to break its seals. He's yelling out to everyone. And verse 3 says, and no one, no one in heaven, no one in heaven. Think of all the people that are in heaven. Paul, Peter, Moses, Elijah, Mary, all these people in heaven, ain't no one step forward. No one's that stupid. (laughs) No one in heaven or no one on earth or no one under the earth, the enemy himself, was able to open the book or to look into it. No one. Then I began, verse 4, to weep greatly because no one was found worthy to open the book or to look into it. One of the elders said to me, I'm obsessed with this and we are coming back to this. One of the elders said to me, stop weeping. Behold, the lion. That is from the tribe of Judah. The root of David has overcome. So as to open the book and its seven seals. I saw between the throne with the four living creatures, because yes, there are four living creatures in heaven that look a little weird, but they're real cool. And the elders, a lamb, standing as if slain having seven horns, seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God. This gets a little weird, but hang with me. This is Jesus sent out into all the earth. Verse seven, and he came, he came, took the book out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. When he had taken the book, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each one holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are what the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. Worthy are you to take the book and break its seals for you were slain and purchased for God with your blood men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to our God, and they will reign upon the earth. Who is worthy? Now, what that book is, and you might be asking with the seven seals, is actually pretty terrifying. Um, It actually (laughs) represents the judgments of the earth. And... We have this scene in the throne room where no one can unlock that. No one can stop it or start it. No one can manipulate it. No one can do it. No one has access to it. No one can come near it. The only one that God trusts to be worthy enough to even come near it and even touch it, no one was touching it. The judgments of the earth stayed in God Almighty's hands until the lamb who has overcome everything came and took it because he was the only one that could be trusted with it. I sat and like read this. It's pretty intense. But I sat and read this and I was so moved because I don't think we do a great job at holiness. I think we do a good job at community. I think we do a fairly good job at production in our churches. But holiness matters. How you view God matters. Here we have an entire throne room, we have an entire heaven full, we have an entire earth, and we have an entire hell full, and here we have an angel that is screaming out with a loud voice, a strong angel, and he's looking around and he's saying, who is worthy? And I just think for a second, we need to marinate on the fact that nobody was found worthy. Nobody was found worthy. And I think the fact that they couldn't find anyone that was found worthy had John so upset that he started weeping bitterly because he knew that this was something that needed to happen. This book needed to be taken. This second coming needed to come. And so he was wondering, how is this going to happen? The lion of the tribe of Judah then stood forward and took it. I want to go just for a second, and I want to... Um, read to you where this comes from where do we get the term the lion of the tribe of judah um it's going to be a little technical and i'm going to have a a long time for application here at the end but i do want to tell you where it comes from because i i think it adds so much merit to Revelation. It's very interesting that it is mentioned in Revelation and it's mentioned in Genesis. So the Bible is completely bookended with this lion of the tribe of Judah. We see it referenced first by Jacob. Now, if you remember, there was Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, okay? Jacob was, God fulfilled his promise through Jacob, through his sons, to create the nation of Israel, father of many nations. That's what he told Abraham. And Jacob was a huge part of making sure that that happened. One of Jacob's children was Joseph, along with many others. Another one of his children was Judah. Okay. Judah was not a good person. He was terrible. If you remember the story of Tamar, um, let me back up just for a second. Um, He was very instrumental in selling Joseph in slavery. He was very instrumental in making sure that he covered up that with his dad. Not a good person. He ends up going and getting married. They have sons. Tamar Tamar marries one of his sons. His son passes away. The next son, I'm giving you the whole thing here. The next son is basically forced to produce an heir with Tamar. He didn't want to do it. So Judah says, okay, great. We'll wait till your son grows up and you can pr- she can produce an heir with him. Well, that didn't happen. Then Tamar tricked Judah into basically sleeping with her, and they created two twins very evil, not great. He's not a good guy. He goes on and on. There's lots of stories about Judah. So you wonder why in the world would Jesus be called the lion of the tribe of Judah? What happens here in Genesis 49 is very interesting. Uh, Jacob's dying and he is basically giving his children his last word. Okay, you know, the story, Genesis 50, 20, what what Satan meant for evil, God meant for good. Well, back up one chapter and we've got Jacob basically telling them his last will and intent for them. Um, He's blessing them. He's telling them he's prophesying to them. He's giving them the last word. It comes to Judah, who is one of his sons, as well as Joseph. Judah, your brothers, he says, shall praise you. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's sons shall bow down to you. Judah is a lion's whelp or a lion's roar. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. He couches, he lies down as a lion. And as a lion, who dares rouse him up? The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until Shiloh comes. Shiloh means one who's worthy. And to him shall be the obedience of the people. Now, it's very interesting. This is before, again, a little historical view for you guys. This is before the tribes had come about i mean a joseph's son ephraim and manasseh kind of pulled together with jacob's sons and they they were israel i mean they they started the whole nation of israel it's very interesting though someone that has that's just such a nasty dude like why in the world did god choose judah to really name why did god bless the tribe of Judah. Okay. So Judah was one of the tribes. Judah, the son, obviously founded the tribe of Judah. If you think of Judea in the Bible, Judea was named after Judah. The word Jew also came after Judah. Judah technically means praise. Okay. You'll see all throughout the scripture now, and I have a a ton of different places that you can go to even look this up. But It's interesting, when Moses took over, Joseph died, when when Moses took over, Judah began to grow. The tribe of Judah began to number many, many more than any of the other tribes. So Judah became one of the largest, one of the strongest, one of the mightiest tribes in Israel. Why? Well, because Jacob prophesied to that tribe. And obviously it had God's anointing on it. When Judah, the tribe of Judah, all the, all the tribes, the 12 tribes were, went to be numbered. And when Judah went to be numbered to go to war, to see, could they conquer anybody in the promised land? They numbered all of the men 20 and over. Judah's number of men, 20 and over, who could go to war numbered 74,600 roughly. The other tribes numbered under 59,000. So God had his hand on Judah and wanted to make sure it was one of the strongest tribes. Now, one of the things that Jacob said is this, Judah, verse 9, Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. He couches, he lies down as a lion, and as a lion who dares rouse him up. The scepter shall not depart from Judah. What is that saying? The scepter ain't leaving you boy. And in Revelation verse 5, the lion of the tribe of Judah emerges to take the book out of the hand of God. No ruler's staff from between his feet until Shiloh comes into him shall be the obedience of the people. I want to lay this out because this is something that God just doesn't call Jesus' names. I mean, there, there are complete reasons behind why Jesus was called the lion from the tribe of Judah. He was planted in Judah. That is exactly where his heritage lied, right from that tribe. And we look at all of these things and we see how um, God has completely made this incredibly deep concept of Jesus being a lion and, and kind of put it all throughout scripture. We can get lost in that. I know I certainly can. But one of the things that I want to bring out for you today very practically after setting up what we're going to talk about this week and next week, is one of the things that Jacob said. Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. He couches, he lies down as a lion. And as a lion, who dares rouse him up? Here we have Jacob. Who knows? You don't mess with a lion. In Revelation 5, we have the lion emerge. I don't know about you, but the events that have happened over my life in the last year, a couple years, actually really my whole life. I think one of the things that the enemy is good at is letting us, allowing us to forget what we have access to. 24 7. I think it's really easy for us as believers, even as believers who house the spirit of the living God. I think it's so incredibly easy for us to completely forget that we have a lion that will fight for us at any second, at any time, because who dare rouse a lion? I think it's interesting, the imagery here where we're talking about a lion and Jesus is clearly likened to that. And I know what is going on in your lives and in your hearts and your situations. And why do we know that? Because you send us messages on a, on a regular basis. I want you to do this. Apply that lion to that thing. Apply the power, the intimidation, the force, the strength to that thing that you are facing because the one thing the enemy does not want you to do is remember that a lion leads you, a lion backs you, a lion carries you, a lion will fight for you, a lion will protect you, and you have access to that lion Every single day of your life, some of you guys right now are completely overwhelmed with situations, with emotions, with mentalities, with finances, and you have let it consume you. You are sitting, you are literally sitting in the trial, and you have your eyes on the trial, and the Lord is saying to you today, don't forget my lion that is ready to fight it for you if you will let him. We've forgotten. We've allowed the enemy to lie to us to say, oh, you can't do that. Oh, you're, you're so, you're so over, you're overwhelmed. You're so in a bad place. You can't really actually do that. You can't do this. Have you forgotten what Jesus is called right here? Sometimes I just need to be weak. I don't want to be the lion. I don't want to be the one that's fighting all the time. I I want to be weak. I want to be able to not be this big bad whatever. And I want to be able to say, I am not doing well today. I don't feel good. I am discouraged. I am frustrated. I am scared. I am worried. I have anxiety or whatever it is. I want the freedom to be weak. And guess what? If we forget the lion, we never have the freedom to be weak. We always have to be the lion for ourselves. And Jesus, I believe, is saying today very prophetically, let me back in my place let me lead you let me fight for you let me intimidate your enemies for you let me be the heavy let me be the muscle let me be the strength let me be the justice let me be the provider let me open doors for you that you will never be able to do for yourself be weak Because I am strong and I don't need your strength because my strength is that of the supernatural, supreme, king of kings and lord of lords. Won't you put the lion back in perspective? Because I just kind of feel like this giant lion is not being utilized. We're using other things the books reading all the books listening to the podcast and hey listen to mine we're going to the doctors we're doing the thing and healthcare is important I understand but have you tried the way of the lion that's a word have you tried letting the lion of the tribe of Judah free because this is what we do with the lion Oh, he's good enough to save me from hell. Thank you, Jesus. going to heaven. But that's all the strength I need. I'm going to be my lion from now on. You guys, a couple of years ago, I I went and I kind of went through, I don't know if it was like a breakdown. I don't know what it was. (laughs) I just needed a touch from God is what I needed. I was burnt out. I'll tell you that for sure. I love ministry, but I was totally burnt out. I just remember one day, like, I just crumbled. I crumbled under the way of just my whole life. And something the Lord told me that day, just reminiscing here, but something the Lord told me that day has um, was never going to leave me. He said, your strength isn't strong. You think your strength is strong, and your strength looks strong to other people, but your strength isn't strong. Because look at where your strength got you. And this is a loving God that said that. Your strength got you crumbled on the floor, crying out to me. Don't ever rely on that strength again. And it was in that moment that I stood up that I realized, oh my gosh. I think I bought the lie that I was actually strong when you know, (laughs) when things really hit the fan and you need a lion. Your lioness only gets you so far. And I sat on the floor for a little bit. I kept there crying out to the God help me help me help me lord just help me and he said i already did he said take my help take my help take my help take it it's already there the problem is that you don't even see that you need it because you think you're something that you're not yes by human standards you're strong i guess but you need a lion and i've never i've literally never looked back from that moment in my life. It radically changed my life. I remember talking to a friend. Um, I had lunch with a friend a couple of days later and I was like, you know what? I've realized all these years that my strength is just not very strong. What I define as strength is just really weakness. <laughs> and we, we laughed out loud because she's exactly the same way. The reason that I want you to get your eyes away from what you're facing Is the same reason that Paul says, I cried out to the Lord three times, take this thorn. And what did Jesus say? My grace is sufficient for my power is made perfect in your weakness. He knew I learned. I want you in 2023, I want you to stop living like you don't have the lion of the tribe of Judah who is fierce to fight for you, to lead you, to run through anything that comes at you. I want you to start living powerful, not because of you, because of the God that gave his life for you that wants to carry it all in front of you. In Revelations 5, it says this, then I began to weep greatly because no one was found worthy to open the book or to look into it. I love this. I love that John is so like, and then I began to cry like a big old baby because (laughs) ain't nobody coming to help. (laughs) And one of the elders, ooh, this is so powerful, you guys. And one of the elders said to me, stop weeping. Now, I don't know if he said it like that, like all gangster like that. I don't know if he said it like that. Stop weeping. Stop it. What are you doing? You, this guy's new here. That's kind of like all the elders walking around. John, oh, we don't know who this guy is. He's new here, No, no. He doesn't know what he's doing, he's crying because he doesn't know what is who is actually here. He's He must be new here, he's weeping, guys. He's like, he needs to chill. The elder looked at him and he immediately corrected him. Stop it. Stop weeping. Behold, the lion that is from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has overcome so as to open the book and its seven seals. How many of you guys are looking at what you're facing today or what you have faced today, and you're so focused on, oh my goodness, who's going to help? Who's going to help? What's going to happen? There's a book. No one will open it. I don't know what your book is, but there's a bill, and no one can pay it. My marriage is destroyed, and I don't know how to put it back together. This is a big problem in heaven, okay? Uh, And you are weeping, and you are crying, and you are overwhelmed, and you are just frustrated. I want you to take a nod from our elder up in heaven that looks at John and he says, stop it. Stop weeping. And this is why the lion that is from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has overcome. He has overcome. This is taken care of. We know who can take this. We know who's got this. We know. You stop it. How many guys just need an elder just to, you know, yell at you a little bit like that? Stop it. You know what that elder did to John in the throne room of heaven where all the stuff and all the beasts and all the angels and all the everybody. Do you know what he did? He gave him perspective. Listen, you don't know what I know. The lion is about to step forward. And guess what? He has overcome. So this book, it ain't going to be nothing for him. He's going to take it. He's going to unbreak the seals because he's the only one that can do it. Maybe you didn't get the memo, John, which he did get the memo because it's right there at Jesus' uh, crucifixion. So I don't know what's going on with John here. Maybe you didn't get the memo, but the lion of the tribe of Judah, he's here. He's available. He's accessible. And he is for you. So stop it. Stop crying. And then as soon as he says that, and I saw between the throne of the elders a lamb standing as if slain. And he came and he took the book, verse 7, out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. When he did that, oh my gosh. Heaven cheered. Put, right now, put the lion in between you And what you're facing. Put him there. Right now. Right now. Admit, Lord, I have lived like I don't have access to your lion for too long. I have lived as if your lion, your powerful King Jesus, is absent from my life for too long i have tried to be strong and i am not that so lord please put yourself in between me and what i'm facing i want you right now those of you that are saying i am faking it in my strength I am faking it. I want to be weak. You know how many times I've said that to my husband? I just wanna be the weak person. And he's like, oh, I am, you, know, you have Jesus. And I'm like, ah, oh, I wanna be the weak person. I wanna be the weak person. Now's your chance. You never have to live a false sense of strength ever again. Put the lion right between you and what you're facing. Put the lion between you and your life. Put the lion in between you and that bad marriage. Put the lion in between you and that wayward child. Put the lion between you and your finances and say, you're the fierce one. You're the one who's going to fight. You're the one who's going to protect me. You're the one who's going to go before me. You're the one who rules everything. You're the one who rules over all of creation, so you handle it surrender your strength, maybe for the first time in your life. And I'm telling you what, I have done this. So I am not talking like some some preacher with false promises. I live this on a regular basis every single day. The lion goes before me. I follow right behind it. You know why? Because I am weak. And every time, you guys, every single time, every time, every time, he fights it for me. Every time. And I'll never go back to the other way. Let me pray. Lord God, I thank you, Jesus. I thank you for your word, God. I thank you for you. I thank you, God, that we have access to you. I pray, Lord God, for that person who maybe they're like me fake strength for so many years. And they realized that was harder to do than just telling everyone they're weak. <laughs> I pray for that person just sitting in their car right now. I pray for the person that's so focused on their problems. They forgot you. I pray for what that person is thinking right now that this is ministering to. I pray God, God, But you don't, Autumn, know my marriage. But you don't know my business. But you don't know what's happening to my kids. But you don't know. You know what? I don't. But God does. God, remind them. Every person that is given an excuse in their mind right now why they aren't going to surrender or they can't, I want you to remind them, really? I took the cross so I can take this too. I took the cross, remind him, Lord. I took the cross for you, so I'm gonna take this too. Father God, we need a lion. Our world needs a lion, our families need a lion, our marriages need a lion, our communities do. We ask you to show yourself strong for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I love you guys. I hope that encouraged you today. I will be right back after the break to finish this out.
2: Let's go. Strength and peace, a warrior for man. God is my God, he lined in lamb. Joy and love, the great I am. God is my God, he lined in strength lamb. and peace, creator of man. Yeah. Said one word and then it went bam. Loves us all more than we can understand. Yeah. Everything's wrong, now it's part of his plan. Yeah.
1: Are you new to this whole Jesus thing and don't know where to start? Or maybe you've been following him for a while and you want to dig deeper into the Word of God? Then you've come to the right place. Each month, Autumn hosts an online, in-depth Bible study through Facebook Live called The Jesus Initiative. The Jesus Initiative is a monthly spiritual challenge to anyone willing to join and grow deeper in their faith. She covers topics such as how to wait when waiting is hard, moving forward in faith even when you're terrified, and how to combat the spiritual warfare in your mind. Autumn's desire is to help break down complex topics in a way that's easy for everyone to understand and implement into their everyday lives. The goal of the Jesus Initiative is to tackle real-life topics in a real-life way, grounded in the Word of God. Understanding the things of God doesn't have to be hard. If you're a believer who wants to grow in your faith and strengthen your relationship with God, these Bible studies will challenge you in all the right ways. Simply search Autumn Miles on Facebook or follow her on Instagram at at Autumn Miles and click the follow button so you can stay in the loop for when the next Bible study starts.
2: Let's go strength and peace a warrior for man god is my god he lined in lamb joy and love the great i am god is my god he lined in strength lamb. and peace creator a man yeah. said one word and then it went bam loves us all more than we can understand yeah. everything's wrong now it's part of his plan yeah.
0: okay i know that was a lot and i appreciate you guys just staying in i just get so excited about i don't know reminding people of the power of god the power of god really makes me like I need it so bad. Uh, So I have a question from one of you. I am going to, this is great. This is from a faithful follower. And thank you so much for sending your question in. There seems to be a disagreement in her home about healing. Okay. And I think this is. Actually, it might be better for me to just read it. There's a disagreement in the home about healing and how God heals and, you know, all those different types of things. She says, good morning. I have a question about healing. I know there's many scriptures in the Bible and many times that Jesus healed. She's right about that. My husband believes that only the only way of healing is laying hands and having faith. He believes that if you don't have faith or if someone who's praying for you doesn't have faith then it hinders your healing. Okay. he's quoted all the scriptures about healing, but I feel like he misrepresented something somewhere. We try to have discussions about it, but he he doesn't want to have discussions about it, which I know those, those topics in my home. Um, my belief is that God uses all types of different things for healing doctors, medications. And I do believe that if you are not healed on this earth, you're healed in heaven when you are in the presence of Jesus. So when these subjects arise, where are the scriptures that prove that there are different types of healing or that sometimes God doesn't heal. He believes God always heals. And if you're not healed, it's because of a lack of faith. Any help in the scriptures? Well, I don't want to get between a husband and wife argument because I'm just not willing to do that. I'm just not that bold. Like y'all going to have to, whatever you're going to do. I will tell you a couple of things. Um, First of all, I will point you to Paul in scripture. I believe that God heals through all different types of things. And it shows that in scripture, you know, name and dip seven times in the Jordan. We have uh, people that they were healed just as they walk. So yes, laying hands is definitely in scripture. And I a hundred percent, back him on that. But there are other ways that people were healed. I mean, he used mud to heal blind man's eye. I mean, there was, there's a lot of different techniques that Jesus used. That's why it's so interesting because he really did all sorts of different things. Some people, he, you know, said a word and they were healed. And other times they had to dip in the Jordan, you know, they had to go see the priest. And as they went, they were healed. But one that I would bring to your attention very specifically is who I talked about before the break, which is Paul. Paul had all the faith in the world, all the faith in the world. And, uh, you know, when he talks about his thorn in the flesh, a lot of people think it was some sort of a health issue that he asked the Lord to take from him three times. He had all the faith in the world. And what did the Lord say? No, my grace is sufficient for this. So I just want to say very clearly, sometimes God says no. And there are reasons for that. I have a brother who has a right hand, who is not fully and completely healed yet. Now we're praying for that and we're asking for that. But for the time being, God has said, no, that's not what I want right yet. We have faith. (laughs) We love Jesus. But sometimes he says, no, I had a a team member several years ago who um, was diagnosed with brain cancer. And let me tell you something. We prayed like crazy that she would be healed and she passed away. So that's not even really controversial. I mean, those things are all throughout scripture. We see Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane asking the Lord to intervene. If there's another way, now this isn't talking about healing, but God said, you know, (laughs) He obviously said no because he went to the cross. Lazarus in John was not healed. As a matter of fact, when Jesus was informed that Lazarus was sick, he waited extra days before he went and he died. When Martha met Jesus, she said, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And he said, you're about to see the glory of the Lord. But he didn't heal him. He didn't heal him. He let him die. Okay. So I would definitely say this is a super complicated issue. My son was healed through modern medicine. Um, and we had all the faith in the world praying for him. My daughter was miraculously healed. So I will side with your husband on that. When she had a severe birth defect, we brought her forward. The elders of the church laid hands on her and she was, uh, she actually still has, what she was born with, but she is asymptomatic. So she has not had uh, any sort of symptoms of this for since she was six months old and she's seven. So we have seen both and. I don't think either one of you are wrong. I think both of you are right in one way. And I would definitely find the common ground If he's passionate about laying on hands, let him do it. Listen, I have a vial of oil in my drawer in here that I pull out when I need it. Um, So that is 100% in the scripture. But there are also uh, points in the scripture that support um, what you say healing is complicated. Sometimes God does heal on the other side of death. And that's that is proven in scripture. So That would be my answer on that. I thank you for asking it. Um, We also have an awesome story. I always talk about, you know, we, we do every week. What's God doing in your life? And then what's God doing amongst us as a family? Our producer, Mike, is so amazing. I wish you guys could know him even just a little bit more than you do. He's so amazing, but he went on a vacation, you guys, and he had a dear friend from high school, which I don't, I wish I talked to people from high school, but I just, I've kind of lost touch with all of my high school buddies. But guys, listen to what happened. He went on vacation. It was the last day of his vacation, and he got to share Jesus with his high school buddy, and he got saved. And I asked his permission because I was like, can I please share that? Because I just think that's so good. So right amongst us, you guys, God is doing miracles. And God used Mike, our producer, to bring someone to Jesus this week. And that is what God is doing. There is no greater miracle than that. So I'm so happy to be a part of that and hear about that. I'm so happy Mike's in our family. I love you guys. I hope this encouraged you guys today. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in. We're going to have merch next week. It's going to be so good, you guys. Hang with me for week two next week of The Lion and the Lamb. It's going to be good. Love y'all. See you then. Let's go.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of The Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, you can check out the many resources that Autumn has available. From her books and past episodes to her video series, we've got all the tools you need to help you grow deeper in your relationship with God. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com To get connected and for more encouraging content, you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. We appreciate your prayers and support for this ministry. It's because of you that we have been able to impact millions of people worldwide, and that we can continue to serve those who need to hear Autumn's message of victory and promise. Find out how you can come alongside us when you go to autumnmiles.com. Just search the top of the index for the support tab. Thank you for listening in today, and be sure to join us next time for another episode of The Autumn Miles Show.
2: Let's yeah. go. Strength and peace, a warrior for man God is my God, he lined and lamb Joy and love, the great I am God is my God, he lined and lamb. Strength and peace, creator of man yeah. Said one word and then it went bam But it's all more than we can understand yeah. Everything's wrong, now it's part of his plan Lying the lamb, great I am. God is the rock, foundation for man. Take it from me, go sit yeah. in the stands. Don't yeah. go stressed about how many bands. Lying the lamb, strength to peace. Yeah. Lying the lamb, God of the G's. Yeah. Lying the lamb, take it from me. Uh-huh. Lying the lamb, righteous and beef. Yeah. God in my life and he's out in yeah. the streets. Loves all the people, don't matter the speech. Yeah. Yeshua's so great, I picked up his beat yeah. Speaking a song, defining the king. Lying and lamb, he'll hop in the river right. day long. And another boat sinks yeah. But he's right here Don't take time to think He fight my battles He conquered my demons He made me right I don't mess with the heathens yeah. Strength and peace A warrior for man God is my God He lion in lamb Joy and love The great I am God is my God He lion in Strength and peace A warrior for man God is my God He lion in lamb Joy and love The great I am God is my God He lion in lamb Run through the city, I got no shot I'm a yo can't see a lot how to see between what's running right around When I'm on my own, don't know a lie In a tight dome, on a tight road With my mind soaked in the ways of this world Watch my mind swirl Trying to chug along in a big blue train Now I know change, got it on my chain Nothing is insane, I'm telling y'all I'm telling y'all Lying the lamb, great I am God is the rock, foundation for man Take it from me, go sit in the stands Don't go stressed about how many bands Lying the lamb, strength to peace Lying the lamb, God of the G's Lying the lamb, take it from me Lying the lamb, righteous and beef Yeah, lying the lamb, yeah. greater than me yeah. Lying the lamb, prince of peace Up yeah. in this world and he out on the streets Strength and peace, a warrior for man. God is my God, He Lion in Lamb. Joy and love, the great I am. God is my God, He line in Lamb. Strength and peace, a warrior for man. God is my God, He Lion in Lamb. Joy and love, the great I am. God is my God, He lined in Lamb. Yeah. Strength and peace, creator of man. Yeah. Said one word and then it went bam. Loves us all more than we can understand. Yeah. Everything's wrong, now, as part of His plan.